0: Welcome to the Propel Podcast, inspiration and training to grow your church. I'm your host, Larry Witzel. Seventh-day Adventist churches grow differently, and our goal with this podcast is to offer practical training for effective evangelism in the Adventist ministry context. Today, we're sharing the third breakout session in the Bible study training track from this year's Propel Conference. This is the final presentation shared by Cindy Kaiser, a Bible worker in the Georgia Cumberland Conference. She has over 25 years of experience giving Bible studies and helping people make life-changing decisions for Jesus. In this presentation, Cindy looks at Isaiah 58 and talks about how Sabbath should be a day of liberation and life. This is the day that Jesus did so many of his miracles on, and she asks if, in our traditions, we have lost the true meaning of the Sabbath. She also talks about the importance of having a discipleship program for new members to help them integrate into the life of the church, as well as how Sabbath should be a day of outreach. Cindy is really speaking with a prophetic voice here, challenging us to do better. And I am so glad to be able to share this presentation with you. We'll get to Cindy in just a moment. Before she presents, though, I want to mention the sponsor of today's episode Sermon View Evangelism Marketing. Whether you're looking to meet new people by hosting a bridge or a reaping event, or if you're looking for more ways to engage with one-on-one in-person Bible studies, Sermon View can develop a marketing campaign that will help you meet new people in your community, as well as draw more people through your church doors. As a pastor or church leader, you're really good at building relationships and helping people take steps forward in their spiritual journey. Well, Sermon View is really good at marketing, and they'll find people in your community ready to meet you and introduce you to them, giving you an opportunity to build a new life-changing relationship. Sermon View will build a personalized marketing plan for your unique ministry environment that's focused on making introductions for you. You can reach them online at evangelismmarketing.com. That's evangelismmarketing.com. With that, let's hear from Bible worker Cindy Kaiser as she shares the final session of her class on how to give Bible studies.
1: How many of you guys have heard this quote before? Like a million times? (laughs) But it's, I just want you to see it in a different light this morning. Christ's method alone will give true success in reaching the people. The Savior mingled with men as one who desired their good. He showed his sympathy for them, ministered to their needs, and won their confidence, and then he bade them follow me. So let's talk a little bit about this passage. But in order to understand this passage, I wanted to show you how it's connected to Isaiah 58. In Welfare Ministry, page 29, I don't know if... I started a. Um, a community center at our church in Buford, and Georgia, where I used to live. And before I started the community center, I, I thought, you know, I need to really study this book. Have you ever studied welfare ministry that Ellen White wrote? Oh, I really highly recommend it. Highly, highly recommend this book. She talks about the poor, the, the needy, the those that we can minister to, how to reach them. How Jesus worked for the needy and, the, and those who were suffering. And how this is our work too. In the first chapter of welfare ministry, this is what she says. The whole of the 58th chapter of Isaiah is to be regarded as a message for this time. To be given, how many times? Over and over again. How many have heard this message over and over again I haven't. Have you heard this message over and over You're shaking yes you have? No, 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 you haven't? I haven't either. I read this and I was like why aren't we hearing this message of Isaiah 58? We're not hearing it. So I've been instructed to refer our people to the 58th chapter of Isaiah read this chapter carefully and understand the kind of ministry that will bring life into the churches it will bring life what says the Lord in the 58th chapter of Isaiah the whole chapter is of the highest importance the whole chapter is to be given over and over again to the church This is something very important, very important. God has given us this this work that we are to do, and it's based in Isaiah 58. And Isaiah 58 takes you to Nehemiah to understand what the, the, the scripture means in Isaiah 58. You have to study the book of Nehemiah. To even understand what Isaiah was referring to in this chapter I'm going to just read to you Isaiah 58 the entire It's 14 verses but I just want to read it just to refresh you probably have read it before but I would like to just refresh our minds and this is what God speaks through us through the prophet Isaiah cry aloud spare not lift up your voice like a trumpet show my people their transgression and the house of Jacob their sins yet they seek me daily and delight to know my ways as a nation that did righteousness and forsook not the ordinance of their God they ask of me the ordinance of justice they take delight in approaching to God do we as Seventh-day Adventists do we delight approaching God do we? You guys, do, we, uh, do you delight to spend time with God? Do you delight to come together and worship? And he's saying, he's, he, God is saying this to us. Wherefore, this is what we say back to God. Have we fasted, say they, and see us not? God, don't you see we're fasting? Have you not? We have afflicted our soul. We understand the Day of Atonement message. We understand that we must afflict our soul. And thou takest no knowledge. Behold, in the day of your fast you find pleasure. This is what God says. In the day of your fast you find pleasure and you exact all your labors. What God is saying, now, technically speaking, we're going to see later in this chapter that he's referring to the fast of time, the Sabbath. We fast one day a week, do we not? From what we want and we give it to the Lord so this is speaking about the fast of the sabbath and probably literally fasting as well but in the context of what we'll see later on in this chapter god is talking about the sabbath because that's the day we come apart to worship him right he says you love to do that so he's speaking to seventh day Adventists here in this chapter behold you fast okay you come and worship and strife and debate have you been in a sabbath school lately is full of debate and strife no I don't agree with that this is what I say it is and you smite with the fist of wickedness and this is backbiting this is gossip this is talking behind other people's backs in church you shall not fast as you do this day to make your voice heard on high God doesn't want to even hear from us because of how we're acting is it such a fast that I have chosen? This is what God says. Is this how what I've asked for you to do? A day, see, it's the Sabbath. A day for a man to afflict his soul? Is it to bow down your head as a bulrush? To spread sackcloth and ashes under him? This was a symbol of prayer and fasting. You know, sackcloth and ashes. Will you call this a fast, an acceptable day to the Lord? God is saying, is your worship on Sabbath... Do you think this is acceptable? Now he tells us how he wants us to worship on Sabbath. Is this not the fast that I have chosen to loose the bands of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, and to let the oppressed go free? And that you break every yoke. You know, Pastor Richie was talking about addiction this morning. He was talking about how you know, the church needs to be a place of refuge, a place where we can come and get healed, correct? Is it not to deal your bread to the hungry? And that you bring the poor that are cast out to your house, when you seeth the naked that you cover him, and that you would not hide yourself from your own flesh? That's speaking about your family. How do you react to your family? How are you treating your family? These are questions God is asking. Then shall your light break forth as the morning. He's saying if you would do these things, then your light will break forth as the morning and your health shall spring forth speedily and the righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear reward. Then you shall call and the Lord shall answer. Thou shalt cry and he shall say, "Here I am." If you take away from the midst of you the yoke, the putting forth of the finger and the speaking of vanity. God is saying, quit fighting, arguing in the church, disputing with each other, quit treating mistreating your family. And if you draw and take care of the poor, the hungry, the sick, the afflicted, the addicted, the the people who are suffering around you, take care of them. That is what I'm calling you to do on the Sabbath. This is what is true worship, you guys. This is what God is calling us to. If you draw your, out your soul to the hungry and satisfy the afflicted soul, then shall your light rise in obscurity and the darkness be as the noonday. And the Lord shall guide thee continually and satisfy your soul in drought and make fat your bones and you shall be like a water garden and like a spring of water whose waters fail not welcome come on in and they shall be of thee build the old waste places this is what what, what is Isaiah talking about here you guys what is the what do we need to build what was in his day he was referring to to build what what waste places in his day, the wall. yes the wall of Jerusalem You shall raise up the foundations of many generations and you shall be called the repairers of the breach, the restorer of past to dwell in. If you turn away your foot from the Sabbath, from doing your pleasures on my holy day, and call the Sabbath a delight, the holy of the Lord, honorable, and shall honor him. See, earlier in the chapter, he's telling us how to do that. He's telling us on Sabbath, we should have ministries to the poor. Ministries who are, people are hurting in our community. Ministries to help their health. Ministries to just multiple, we should be doing this on Sabbath. Mm -hmm. This is the day of healing. This is the day of restoration. This is the day that God has chosen for us to be his people to do this this ministry this is the worship he says that I have called for then shall you delight yourself in the Lord and I will cause you to ride upon the high places of the earth and feed with you with the heritage of Jacob your father for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it so guys this message this morning so correlates with what I want to share with you this morning about Isaiah 58 God is calling us to Sabbath reform. He is calling us to come together to worship Him in the spirit of a place of refuge. For the hungry, the sick, the, the hurting, the lonely, as we heard this morning. Correct? This is what God is calling us to do. Let's re- I've just read the whole chapter of Isaiah. We learned to loose the bands of wickedness, to undo heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, to break every yoke, to give bread to the hungry, to give shelter to the homeless, to clothe the naked, and to take care of your family. This is what Sabbath worship is all about, right here. To loose bands of wickedness, to undo heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, To break every rope, this, practically speaking, could be depression recovery classes. Stop smoking classes. Sponsor an AA class at your church. Cooking classes. Reversing diabetes classes. Dinner with the doc. Helping them find a job. Helping them with a job around their home. Helping them in any way possible. In other words, desiring their good. Remember the first quote we read in Ministry of Healing is Christ's method alone. What we're seeing is Isaiah 58 it is a, is a detailed synopsis of that quote in Ministry of Healing. This is what God is telling us to do, is to desire their good. And so this is how we do this. And it's on Sabbath, you guys. Not any other day of the week. Isn't this the day that we don't work? Isn't this the day that we all have time? Isn't this the day that we are... That, what did, when did Jesus do all his healings? What day did he generally pick? Why? Why did he pick Sabbath? Do we as God's people at the end of time, is Isaiah 58 for us, do we have the wrong idea of what Sabbath is all about? God says, I am so tired of you coming together and worshiping me, and and, and you're not getting it. You're not really understanding what Sabbath is for. Sabbath is a day of healing Sabbath is a day of blessing others it is not about edifying yourself it isn't not at all you guys this is, this is what God is calling us to do we need to get we need, God wants to restore the Sabbath he wants to change the way we do our worship and, and, and ministry we do for him open your community centers on Sabbath Do your food bank. You you know, give away the clothing. Go to the homeless. Job training or help finding a job. Ministry, visiting and making food for the sick. Praying with people. In other words, showing sympathy and ministering to their needs. That's the next part of that quote in Ministry of Healing. It's just like, I, I remember the day I discovered this. I was just like, whoa. And then when I read Welfare Ministry and I read the quote that Isaiah 58 needs to be repeated over and over again to the people, I realized God is trying to get our attention. He's trying to tell us that Sabbath worship is, is, we're doing it all wrong. Just like the Jews did. And Jesus came, what, to revitalize and to help them understand what Sabbath worship was all about. They accused him of Sabbath breaking all the time, didn't they? And when we start this reformation on the Sabbath, we're going to be accused by others of Sabbath-breaking. I just want to tell you that right up front. We have, that. have you? I, and just tell them, just, huh, just like my Lord, he was accused of the same thing. <laughs> so, so, Isaiah 58. All of the above applies to our families. We are not to hide from our own flesh. Help your family when they are in need. Whatever that looks like, you guys. We need to be there for our family. And especially if they are not even understanding who God is. This is our work. Our family. We are not to hide away from them like, Oh, you're a heathen. I can't. You know, I just had my sister come and visit me several weeks ago. And... She cannot go without whiskey every day. She just can't. She's addicted. I had to buy her whiskey so that she would be okay. I didn't want her to go into, you know, I wasn't going to say, you can't come see me and you can't have alcohol in my house. I, can't, I couldn't do that to her. I know she needs it. She, she needs to quit and she knows she needs to quit. She's told me many times, I need to stop. But she's addicted. I got to love her. And i got to welcome her into my home and I have whiskey at my house for her. People may think that that is wrong. They may think that I have promoted this for her. Did I promote that? Did I? No. I love her. I didn't hide myself from my own flesh. She's my sister. She's sick and she needs my love. And she needs my help. And we discuss. we've gone through a book about quitting drinking together. I used to have a drinking problem. I know what it's like. And I wanted to help her. And I, I wasn't going to make her go cold turkey without alcohol while she's at my house. I knew she couldn't do that. When we see that uh, whatever God is calling us to do, it is to reach the people in our communities on Sabbath.
0: Yeah
1: he has called us to do this and to our families as well Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so whatever it looks like you guys God is calling us to minister to our families whatever that looks like and sometimes it may you know it's like what uh, who was it was sharing Sunday night that they came over with a six pack of beer put it in the fridge yeah. Instead of that's not allowed in my house. We can't be this way you guys. This is not what God has called us to do. Do we condone sin? No. But do we judge and criticize and and make people feel like we don't want them? That's that Jesus never did that. Right. What I realized when one day was when I was analyzing Christ and his work on the earth is that Flocks of people were attracted to him and went everywhere he went, Mm -hmm. everywhere he went, flocks of people were with him. And they loved him and they couldn't wait to hear what he had to say. And they knew that he loved them. And if you don't have people that are drawn to, if you're not, if you're a prickly person and people don't like being around you, then you don't have the Spirit of Christ and we must. Pray about that, because it's not something we can conjure up. we got to pray for it. We have to ask God to, to change us. We have to ask God to give us the Spirit of Christ. We can't judge each other, so we shouldn't be like, you know, rejecting them because we see them in this way. We need to help them, love them. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes a person is per- a prickly pear because of things that have th- they're a product of maybe their family and their uprising up- upbringing, and they don't, they don't even realize. Yeah. But you're right, bring in with love. You know, I love that. Your smell is broken today. I love that. <laughs> I that, yeah. that is, Yeah, that definitely was good. That was beautiful. So we want to have um, friendship. Uh, evangelism it comes along in Isaiah 58 doing all of this to who we help will naturally win their hearts and will win their confidence and this is part of the quote when you see this all caps down here in the bottom I am quoting out of that ministry of healing quote of the Christ method alone and so what we're seeing in Isaiah 58 is that when we do all of these things we are actually doing friendship evangelism and we will win their confidence and then, and only then can we bid them to follow Jesus. Mm-hmm. Only then. We get the cart before the horse so often. Invite them to do Bible studies, eventual baptism, continued education and discipleship, helping them find their gifts to work for Jesus there should be one or a few people just when there's new people coming into your church and they're baptized they should you should have a discipleship program Mm -hmm. in your church to help them in their growth so often they're baptized and forgotten and just dropped I have a friend that I met online during the pandemic I had moved away from the church that I was uh, during the pandemic I moved an hour away from where I went to church and I was studying with her and she had lived in in the, the the city I used to live in she started going to church and everyone was like "Whoa, Giovanna we love you we love you oh you're so wonderful and then she got baptized and nobody even the pastor had nothing to do with her afterwards she says Cindy I just think they just wanted a baptism and then I'm nothing I don't I don't even count anymore Mm -hmm. I said Giovanna I am just so sorry I'm just so so sorry and I didn't go there anymore and so she has she keeps going praise the Lord she just keeps going and uh, and she's I said you need to get involved just get involved she got involved with the community center she got involved with uh, the new uh, believers Sabbath school class she's so she just she had to get out of her own comfort zone but there's a lot of people that can't do that but she's a she's a sanguine so she's not afraid But there's people that are introverts that would not do that. They'd leave. They would leave. And that's what we're seeing happening. So we have to have a discipleship program. After someone is baptized and they need to be part of a small group. And they need to be in a group study, continuing to learn. In Isaiah 58, 12-14, those from among you shall build the old waste places, you shall raise up the foundations of many generations, as you shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of streets to dwell in. So when we read this passage, what does it mean to repair the breach? We need reform in our families. We need healing. The the image of God was the original plan that we we were created in the image of God and now we fall and we are no longer in the image of God. So it's a restoration program that God has put into place and Sabbath plays a huge part of that, restoration. And if we, we need restoration in our families and we need restoration in our communities and we need to be a safe, Place. This needs to be a refuge. Mm-hmm. This church, every church, every Seventh-day Adventist church on this planet needs to be a refuge mm-hmm. to come in and get the help they need. That is why we need on Sabbath afternoon, this is when everybody has time. This yeah. We are not to go home and take a nap. Yeah. If we, I mean there's days I need that. And I'm not saying we never do that. But what I'm saying is that when this is just a habitual thing that you go to church, you, you have lunch, you go home and sleep until it's almost Sabbath is over, you've missed the blessing. Yeah. The blessing is in service. It really is in service. Amen. That's what Jesus did on Sabbath. So what does it mean to repair the breach? Well. The work of restoration and reform, this is from the book Prophets and Kings on, the, on this chapter on Nehemiah. The work of restoration and reform carried on by the returned exiles after they left, after Babylon fell and the Persian army, uh, the Persian uh, nation took over Babylon, Cyrus let them go back and he even funded, a pagan king funded the rebuilding of the temple. But this whole chapter, the whole book of Nehemiah, presents a picture. I love pictures, word pictures. Mm-hmm. I love them. Presents a picture of a work of spiritual restoration that is to be wrought in the closing days of this earth's history. Do we need to study the book of Nehemiah? Amen. Yes. yes, we do. So excited when I heard the message this morning. You guys, I'm just like, Yes! Praise God. It's being taught. It's being told that we're waking up. <laughs> the virgins are waking up. Nehemiah 4, 7, and 8. Now it happened when Sanballat, Tobiah, the Arabs, the Ammonites, the Ashdodites heard. This is all the enemies of God. That the walls of Jerusalem were being restored and the gaps were beginning to be closed. That they became very angry. Mm-hmm. And all of them conspired together to come and attack Jerusalem and create confusion. What is confusion? Another word for confusion? Babylon. We are living in Babylon Mm -hmm. right now. I love the message last night that Pastor Richie gave that the the trial we're going through is preparing us for the next worst trial that we're going to go through. And boy I could just relate to everything he was saying last night. I'm telling you. Mm -hmm. I'm like and when we understand this message and we are sharing and doing this work in the community we will be attacked Just know it. Just know it, guys. Just like you said, just know. So this is, they're going to conspire together. And they're going to attack us. But what happens? What (laughs) happens? What do we do? We go to God. That's where our power is. That's where our source of strength is. That's where he will lead us to know what to do. Nehemiah 4, Nevertheless, we made our prayer to our God, and because of them, we set a watch against them day and night. And so what we see here is that we need to go to God when we're attacked. When we know there's, that Satan is coming at us at every angle, the only resource, the only thing that will help us is to pray, is to go to our source of strength. So then, what does Nehemiah do? Does he he stop? Oh, this is really hard, do we just stop? No, he starts making assignments and he encourages them. He says, therefore I position men behind the lower parts of the wall at the openings and I set people according to their families with their swords, their spears, and their bows. So they had weapons. And I looked and arose and said to the nobles, to the leaders, and to the rest of the people, Do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord, great and awesome, and fight for your brethren, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your houses. Fight. Fight against these demons that are coming against us. Take note in how they finished the wall. So it was from that time on that half of my servants worked at construction. They're building the wall. While the other half held their spears. Okay, there's people behind, there's like army behind them, holding spears, the shields and the bows, and war armor, but the leaders were behind all the house of Judah. Those who built on the wall and those who carried the burdens loaded themselves so that with one hand they worked construction, but the other hand they held a weapon. So there's, let's get a, let's get a visual, I love visuals. There's the leaders, the behind, organizing the work. Okay, they're looking on, making sure everything's going well. They're or, they're they're in charge. Then there's those who are just there to guard. Those are the prayer warriors. They're praying. We're told in the spirit of prophecy, our weapons are prayer and Bible study. That are our weapons. They are they are praying. Then. The workers that are doing the hands-on community service work, they're working with their right hand and they're holding their what? Their weapon. weapon. They got a weapon, but we'll see what that is in just a minute. So remember, Nehemiah is an allegory for the end time. Mm -hmm. The whole book. What is the breach? It says in Prophets and Kings, in the time of the end, every divine institution is to be restored. Is the Sabbath a divine institution? Yes. Is marriage? Mm -hmm. Yes. To be restored. The breach made in the law at the time of, is the Sabbath a divine institution that was created at at the, the first week? The two institutions that were at the first week was the Sabbath and marriage. Was changed by man is to be repaired. The restoration of God wants to be restored in man. So we have to study the whole chapter 58 of Isaiah and study the entire book of Nehemiah. This defines our work, we're told. It defines our work. And is this of highest importance? We saw that in welfare ministry, that this is the highest importance. When you see highest importance, you've got to stop and say, okay, Lord, what does, what does that mean for me? What are, what are you telling me? I challenge everyone here to study this book. I cannot even scratch the surface today on the symbolism and the beauty of the book of Nehemiah. I can't even scratch the surface for you. There is such deep... my husband and I have a seminar we call the Repairs of the Beach Breach and we come to churches and we do weekend seminars on this book and we don't even scratch a surface in a weekend. It, it, it's just so much there to study. This, so the plan and how to restore the breach of the Sabbath in the world and to finish the work that God has assigned us to do. So the symbolism of Nehemiah, the sword is the word of God. The weapon is prayer. Beware how you neglect secret prayer and a study of God's word. These are your weapons against him who is striving to hinder your progress heavenward. So, Bible study and prayer are our weapons, you guys. That is our weapon. The sword girded at their side represents the study of God's word, and the weapon they were holding in one hand represents prayer. We must have an active prayer and study life with God. It's it's the way we connect. We talked about that in my first class. That's the preparation for going out and doing any Bible work is is being connected to God through prayer and Bible study. Now comes the interesting part. Most people in the world are right-handed, correct? So if they were doing the work of repairing the breach with one hand, which hand would that be? you would be working on the wall with your right, right? the right hand is used to open doors through which the body may find entrance this is the part of the medical missionary work is to act it is to largely prepare the way for the reception of the truth for this time medical missionary work is the right hand of the gospel we've known this for a long time but you ever seen the symbolism in Nehemiah they use the right hand to complete the wall the medical missionary work. Now we get confused about the right hand and we're going we're gonna to look at that. What does that mean? Medical missionary work is the right hand of the gospel. It is necessary to the advancement of the cause of God. The medical missionary work is the work of the church as the right arm is to the body. The third angel's message goes forth proclaiming the commandments of God in the faith of Jesus. The medical missionary work is the gospel in practice all the lines of work are to be harmoniously blended in giving the invitation come for all things are now ready this is the parable that Christ said about the wedding supper of the lamb he is ready he's waiting for us you guys this is such an important message the right hand my brethren the Lord calls for unity for oneness we are to be one in the faith I want to tell you that when the gospel ministers and the medical missionary workers are united there is place in our churches, are not united, excuse me, there is place in our churches the worst evil that can be placed there. When we are not uniting the medical missionary work and the gospel together. She says it's the worst evil. Amen. I thought Satan was the worst evil. <laughs> you know, I, 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 these like shocking verbs that she uses the highest importance the worst evil tells us it's supposed to jar our our minds to study to understand what is God saying here what is God telling us is when we separate this we have our we have our health organizations and we have the gospel organizations and they don't connect they don't come together they aren't working together the worst evil Well, because we will not finish the work unless we heed the direction of God. Christ's method alone. We must, we must, we must, we must understand this. So this is Christ's method alone, you guys. Alone, that means this is how He did the work and this is how we're going to finish the work. We cannot devise a different way. We can't. This is the only way. Christ says, I am the way the truth and the light. My way, my way is going to win others to to my restoration process and the Sabbath is part of that. My way will win the community. My way. First, what did Jesus do? Did he he preach the gospel or what did he do first? He He healed. Then he preached. Then he said, follow me that is why this is Christ's method alone we've, we've heard this to ad nauseum this, this scripture out of, or this quote out of ministry of healing we've heard it so many times that I, I was like yeah I could say it you know in my sleep but we don't we're, we're, we're we are not really listening it gives us true success It will to reach people the message today was about people right yes. even within the church yeah the Savior mingled with men as who desired their good you inviting your neighbors over you were desiring their good he showed him sympathy for them he ministered to their needs and then he won their confidence this is the only way that you can ask them to follow Jesus we can't put the cart before the horse we can't ask them to follow Jesus they can't surrender to someone they don't know and they can't surrender to someone they don't know that loves them you cannot I did a whole study on surrender and I came apart realizing that I cannot surrender to God if I don't know Him. Mm-hmm. We need to have a desire for this. We, we need to go to God. If we don't feel like we want to do this, we got to come to God and say, God, give me that spirit of Christ. Because it's not something we can conjure up within our fallen nature. We are, at our core, selfish. Mm-hmm. At our very core, we are self-centered. And so we must, we must go to God, get this, this desire. But there's another quote, and I don't have it in this, um, this teaching here today, but there's a quote, and just go into the spirit of prophecy and put benevolent. It's, she says this, and I'm not quoting it verbatim, but she says, if you don't feel benevolent, if you don't feel it, don't go on your feeling. Go be benevolent. And then you will find out that you love being benevolent. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So it's kind of like the same idea in marriage counseling. When you don't love your partner anymore, you've separated, but you start doing good deeds to your partner. After a while, the love follows. Mm -hmm. And this is what she's teaching us in that quote, is that when we go and be benevolent to our neighbors, when we don't feel it, we will then realize the blessing of being benevolent, of being caring, loving, giving, and we're gonna like, oh, this is giving me happiness, this is transforming me. So this is why it's important that we go and do it, even if we don't feel it, we need to go. And then the feelings come later. So maybe at first you may be a little prickly pear. (laughs) But when you go and you do it more, you're gonna get more and more of the Spirit of Christ more and more of his love more and more of the desire to do it but he gives us god gives us the the outline in isaiah 58 and in the book of nehemiah he's giving us the outline how to finish the work how long have we been here you guys the seventh day adventists our church has existed since 19 or 1860s i mean after the disappointment it took a while to organize why is not jesus come many people ask that there's a lot of reasons to that we don't have time that's another whole sermon but, but really it's because he's long suffering he's not willing that any should perish and that all should come to repentance and that's speaking about us he's speaking about us we need to come to repentance we need to realize we have, repent means you're going this way and you're just tracking along thinking you're good and then you go God shows you something and you go this isn't the way repent is to do this go back oh this is the way and so this is how God is calling us we've been doing Sabbath wrong we have been doing ministry wrong we have God is saying repent from that let me change it let me show you how and we're so dull-minded we're sheep right he calls us sheep because sheep are stupid and so they're loving they're very loving sheep are very loving goats are very rebellious but sheep are very loving and they they want to follow the master they do that's why God calls the sheep and, and we're a little dull we need, we need help to understand and that's why we have the spirit of prophecy it's so that we can understand I wouldn't have got this without the spirit of prophecy I would have never understood this by just reading it myself I, God knows he knows how we are he gives us help He will lead us so he wants us to marry the right and the left if we want to quickly finish the work we need to marry these two aspects of the work together i praise god that this is happening here the night the light the right arm and the left arm need to work in cooperation we need to work as christ worked we need to use his methods so share how to take health evangelism to bible studies okay i do a lot of cooking classes and all my Bible studies come from my cooking classes. And people go, like, how do you do that? It's very simple. It's not rocket science at all. You first got to develop friendships with them. So this, you don't do this opening night <laughs> of your cooking class. You're reaching out to the community. God gave me thoughts to put it on Nextdoor when it first came out. Now Nextdoor is turning into Facebook. But... Uh, I put it out in next door. I'm doing vegan cooking classes in my home to my neighbors that are within 25 miles around me. I, anyone interested in vegan cooking come to my house. I had 20 people show up. Started doing cooking classes in my home. It was so fun. This is pre-pandemic. I had a so much fun and everyone loved it everyone would come and they would bring five dollars for a plate of food and we just sit down and I we would just do this together and I always had a little health talk before I did the cooking demonstration and I just built friendships and love and and just showed them I cared about them and we talk about health alternatives and you know we just had all this really fun time and then and this is God (laughs) I didn't program pre-plan this you know sometimes how you just start doing something and you know that god has led you and you just don't even realize where he's leading you to and the next about a year later god inspired me one day in my devotional time to that night was the cooking class i was praying about it and he says tonight share your testimony and invite people to study the health message out of the bible and that's all i did I just shared my my talk about how God, you know, I I kept having miscarriages and I was, you know, at that time eating a lot of meat, a lot of dairy, wasn't healthy, sugar, and I, 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 I had a miscarriage and it just tore my world apart. And then I got pregnant again and I lost that one and I realized I need to do something better for my body. Something's wrong. And so I started, I told them my story, my, my, my health um, quest. And I started, I got off meat, and I, you know, I did it gradual, and I, I did all these things, and then, you know, and then, you know, I had a successful uh, pregnancy. And I said, I know that God honored that. And I said, you know what, I also discovered that this is in the Bible. Would you guys like, to, did you know that God teaches the vegan lifestyle in the Bible? And they're like, what? <laughs> they're just Lord. And plus you need to know your people if you have atheists in the group you know you, you just gotta know I'm in the south where everybody's Christian so it's probably a little easier than, than maybe up here but there's still ways to do it there's still ways to do it God can still do miracles because that person is now connected to you you made a friend you say did you know that as I was studying the Bible that this is, these Bible health laws are in the, are in the Bible they were taught and if we would have been studying the Bible we wouldn't have had such a terrible time through history with health we would know more and in fact during the bubonic plague the Jews weren't getting sick and they accused the Jews of creating it mm-hmm. and they were killed because of it because they weren't dying because why they were, they were following the Levitical health laws and they didn't get sick very few died of the Jew, Jewish population and they're all just like wow are you kidding me and so I said if you are interested in studying the Bible and health with me sign up over here I got a little just let me know and I'll I'll contact you and we'll figure out a time that's good for everybody Mm -hmm. and I put it a little sign up sheet I had seven ladies Mm -hmm. and we started in Daniel 1 I have a, a whole series first of all we did the Bible through health the health in the Bible and I've got all kinds of just all over the Bible and then then the next lesson is Daniel 1 and I tell them I have an eight-part series on health in the Bible so they know they're signing up for eight classes and so then uh, then each week it's Daniel 1 then it's Daniel 2 then it's Daniel 3 and I have all these lessons if you're interested in them I PowerPoint and handouts that you can give them and when you get to Daniel 6 it, it goes through anxiety loneliness depression all of these things it's all in Daniel it's amazing it's all there and so you pull out these principles and then you and then I have studies to show today that we understand what's happening to people today with anxiety and depression and I probably need to update them because they're a little outdated because I did this about 15 20 years ago and so today there's probably even more information so i need to update my slides and you can take them and they're they're changeable you know so take your take the slides it's a good shell to start with and change them and then seven then if you want my revelation you want my daniel and revelation keys the kingdom it's just so natural you guys after we're done with six say you guys oh and i do do daniel 2 with them i do share the image the nebuchadnezzar and that's not health related as a prophecy but i just do it with them during this this kind of salty oats you know kind of get them thirsty for more prophecy and then when we get to dan with 6 i say now who would like to study the prophecies who would like to continue no one stopped <laughs> no one and we went through daniel and revelation together from your Yes. All my, all my Bible studies, I've gotten through my health evangelism. So this is, this is so this is, and I didn't even understand this then, back then, you guys. I didn't even know this. I didn't know. But God, and then when I studied this and God showed me that, I'm like, no wonder I was successful. I was doing both. So God did this. Not me. He did this. He led me in my stupidity. He led me. So now I understand and I want to teach this so badly. This is my mission. I just feel like God has put this on my heart, my husband and I both. So what is the meaning of medical missionary work? We get the wrong meaning. I just want to show you what it is. Before John Harvey Kellogg went off the tracks, okay, we know he he kind of went off the tracks there we don't know you know we're not his judge but we know that he was into pantheonism and then that He was doing a fascinating work in Chicago. He had workers set up to help people find jobs. Some were giving haircuts. Some were feeding the homeless. Some were operating health food stores and restaurants. Some were going into homes and cleaning them. And some were doing simple home remedies. Some were doing traditional medical work. There were all types of works happening there. There was so much going on and such a wide variety that he called it a beehive. Ellen White called it medical missionary work. Cutting hair is medical missionary? How is cu- cutting someone's hair medical missionary work? Oh, oh my goodness! We had a we had a um, a health expo at our church, and I got cu- I got a couple girls who could cut hair to cut the people's hair in this trailer park that they they couldn't afford to go get a haircut. And afterwards, there was like the women were just like, oh, I love my hair. I just feel so. N- We know as women, when we get our hair done, we feel better. It is restorative. It is, it is, and someone does it for you for free and loving you, you know, and giving you a massage afterwards. Oh my goodness! You know, come on guys. This is medical, this is what medical missionary work is. Is caring. Is Isaiah 58. We had bags of groceries there for people. We had chiropractor there that, that worked in the community. We had medical doctors there just answering questions, helping people. We had blood pressure checks. We had we had all these things. It was just a tiny little expo. We went to a a, a it was a, a huge um, trailer park. And they have a community center, and we went and approached them and said, "Can we put?" And it was right by our church. Can we put on a health expo free for all your people here? And we told them what we were doing, and they were like, "Yes, here's the keys." Nice. What did you call it? Uh, what did we call it? This health expo, I think. Mm-hmm. I think we just called it the Buford Health. We live in Buford. The Buford Health Expo. And we invited. There were. There were. We went door to door. And invited people there. Well, we couldn't hit, there were so many trailers, we couldn't even get everybody. But we went several Sabbaths before and invited people, spread the word. Please tell people we had flyers around, you know, like posters and things. And they probably get, you know, and I asked the people out there, can you email everybody? And they said they would. And so this got spread and it was well attended, very well attended. And I got Bible studies that day. So Lots of Bible studies. Um, I had the, the surveys at the end. Are you interested in studying the Bible? And I went to like five different homes, and I ended up studying with three ladies. Um, and they, they all accepted the message. Now, that's a long, another long story. But um, when, you, when you reach the community this way, It just opens their heart, and it wins their confidence, and this is medical missionary work. Mm -hmm. Everyone was so, it just was so well received. They just felt the love. And so they weren't afraid of giving their information to us. That's a perfect example. We just had all kinds of things there, massage, haircuts, you know, just, there was just so many things. Uh, we even had clothes for women and men that wanted more professional-looking clothes to get a job. We had all kinds of things. You just have to do something like that for the community, and invite them, and they just feel the love that you care. And, and no one's preaching the gospel or anything like that. It's just a survey. They answer, "How did you receive?" You know, were you, did you, just asking them some questions? And what are your, your needs? How can we help you and serve you? And then we would do what was called local mission trips. And we went to back to that community, and we went around and we saw people that had dilapidated yards or dilapidated porches that entered into their, and and we would go and repair. We had one family that their roof was leaking and we, were, we completely did their roof. We had roofers in our, in our church. We, we painted. We, we did, like I think, four or five homes in a week from our church family. And we called it a local mission trip. And so you don't have to go across the world to go on a mission trip with your youth. Oh, It was so much fun. It was a blast. And the people that we did this for couldn't believe it. They just couldn't believe so, we have to be like Jesus. And this is, Jesus tells us that he will separate the sheep from the goats at the end of time. So, what determines whether we are saved sheep or lost goats? The saved sheep are identified by the works that they allow Jesus to do them for others, on whether they are doing medical missionary work. On their other hand, if a person cares more about gratifying their own desires and caring for their needs than caring for the needs of others, they will fall into the category of the lost goats. See, Sheep and goats are clean animals, they are sanctuary animals, they are Christians, and Jesus separates them at the end, during the investigative judgment. What did you do for my person that was sick and hurting? And over here, you didn't care. And it is about Sabbath observance, but it's the correct Sabbath observance. How, How, even among us, we don't keep the Sabbath correctly. We aren't doing service on Sabbath. We used to have a program at Buford called SOS, Service on Sabbath. And we also made up these cards about the Sabbath, that the Sabbath was made for a blessing and we, 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 we put a scripture and how can we bless you? And we go around the community and give out grocery cards with the card on Sabbath. There's just so many ways to do this, you guys. This is when I was working with Pastor Matt, and I just loved working with this pastor. He has such a heart for this, and he just jumped on the bandwagon when Steve and I did this, the, this uh, repairs of the breach seminar at our, our local church, and he just jumped on. He just had more more ideas than we did. and he he's the one that devised the the local mission trip and the SOS and and the cards and 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 the gift cards and and, and Iver Myers speaks about this too if I don't know if you ever listened to him on on YouTube but Ivor Myers talks about the reform of the Sabbath as well and he says everywhere on on Sabbath we should be ready we should have a gift card with us we should have um Food, if we just want to give out food. We should have something in our car on Sabbath to be a blessing to someone. And so that God can give you a divine appointment. If you don't have it, God can't give you a divine appointment. You know? So be ready. God, who do you have for me today that I can bless? I'll be ready. Just be ready to do it. So we want to be sheep. You know, I just referred to it earlier, we want to be sheep, even though sheep are dumb, we want to be sheep. We don't want to be goats, we don't want to care about ourselves, we want to care about others. That is what God is calling us to. Matthew 25 and Isaiah 58, when did Jesus do most of his medical missionary work but on the Sabbath? And we can too. This is the day that we are all available, we are not working, we are free to be the hands and feet of Jesus. We are to making Sabbath a day of mercy. If we do this, what is the promise? We're told in Isaiah 58:13, 13, 13, if you turn away your foot from the Sabbath, from doing your pleasure, because what we do, going home and taking a nap is our pleasure. Getting together with our friends and going on a hike is our pleasure. Yeah. Doing what we want to do on Sabbath is our pleasure. On His holy day and call the Sabbath a delight, the holy day of the Lord honorable, and shall honor him not doing your own ways, nor finding your own pleasure, nor speaking your own words. Go and be the hands and the feet of Jesus on Sabbath." Now, I've got to tell you a story about Lane. Um, you've heard me refer to Lane before. Lane is my Catholic friend that in, that embraces the Sabbath, but she can't believe that the, the papacy is the Antichrist, so she won't, she won't come to church, and she won't have, but she keeps Sabbath at home. And we're very good friends, and but Lane had a problem. She was caring for her elderly mother, and she couldn't keep up with her yard work, and the neighbors were complaining, and she received a letter from the city saying, if she didn't clean up her yard work by such and such a date, there'd be, she'd have a $1,000 fine. Well, Lane doesn't have that kind of money, nor does she, if she did, she'd hire somebody to come and, and, and do the work for her. And so, I, I go to the pastor, and she gets this letter, and she's got like two weeks notice I go to the pastor with this letter and I tell the pastor look what's going on and, and, and Lane is gonna have this fine she can't pay and um, he said and the, her neighbors are unhappy with her and I'd be unhappy too because I didn't like that in my own neighborhood Somebody's letting their house go you know it doesn't look nice and so um, I said what can we do can we go and help her he's like Cindy this Sunday the kids have this and we need the kids we can't do this without the kids and we got this going on and this going on we don't have we don't have a Sunday available. I said, "What about Sabbath?" Oh, Cindy, that would I don't know how that would fly here. Going to do yard work on Sabbath? I don't know. I said, Pastor Andrew. This was after Pastor Matt left. I said, Pastor Andrew, do you remember? He wasn't there with what we were doing. I said, remember we used to have a ministry on Sabbath? We did all these things. And I believe there are people here in this church that understand and would not think of this as breaking the Sabbath. We don't have any other day. And we, we need a helper. And, we need, and, and we're not gratifying ourselves. We're not doing our own work. We're not doing our yard work on Sabbath. We're helping someone in the community. After we did this, you know what she said to me? Forty-five people showed up. We cleaned, she had a huge yard, because she has like seven acres, and so we didn't do a whole seven acres, some of it's natural, but we just cleaned it all up for her, and we, it looked so nice when we were done. The kids were helping, and they were having fun, and, and she didn't feel judged at all, like, you know, oh, wh- how could you let it get to this point, this is so horrible, or anything, nobody acted like that, everybody was in, so having so much fun, and the kids were riding the other kids in the wheelbarrow, and they were going around, and they were picking up leaves, and they were jumping, and everyone was just having a wonderful day, as we were cleaning her yard up, afterwards she came up to me and she says, Cindy she was in tears, she says you don't understand something but you healed me today, I didn't think anybody cared about me I didn't think my, there was any community out there that cared, Every, all my neighbors hate me I'm isolated in this house caring for my mother and I didn't feel like anybody cared and you guys show up and do this for me? She's like, you healed me today. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah.
1: You gave me faith back in humanity. Mm-hmm. I didn't really think I could trust anyone or that anyone cared. Did she hear the word healed? Mm-hmm. I didn't. She didn't know any of this. Gosh, we, con- we did not break the Sabbath. Mm-hmm. We did not. Mm-hmm. And there were those who were at first very much against it, but when they went and experienced it, they went. They came. They wanted to see. There were people that showed up I didn't think would be there. They show up and they're like, wow, this is amazing. This is really amazing. And she got a sign and she put it up front of her house, the Seventh-day Adventist Church cleaned up my yard. What have you done?
0: <laughs>
1: what have you done for your community or something like that? <laughs> I love Lane. <laughs> So, God has promised us, when we do this, then your light shall break forth. (laughs) Like the morning, your healing shall bring forth speedily, I was healed too, we were all healed in the process, she was healed, and your righteousness shall go before you, the glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard, then you shall call and the Lord will answer, you shall cry and he will say, here I am, if you take away the yoke from the midst, the pointing of the finger and speaking wickedness, if you extend your soul to the hungry and satisfy the afflicted soul, Lane was afflicted then your light shall dawn in the darkness and your darkness shall be as the new day God heals us as we heal others yeah. it's a blessing you can't outdo God you just can't outgive give God Isaiah 60 one to three, one of my favorite pa- passages in the Bible. Arise, shine, for your light has come. This is, the, this is the church triumphant. This is the church when they get it. This is the church when they're doing what they're supposed to be doing in their community and they're keeping the Sabbath away. This is what God says Ar- Arise, church, shine for me. For your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth and deep darkness of people. Is that the way it is today? Is there darkness in this world? And deep darkness over the people. But the Lord will arise over you and his glory will be seen upon you. The Gentiles shall come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. And we can be part of that. It's a movement at the end of time of doing this in the world. And it's, Revelation 18.1 speaks about it. After these things I saw another angel coming down from heaven having great authority. The earth was what? illuminated with this glory. There was illumination that day at Lane's house. Mm -hmm. There was light. The Spirit of God was there. It was the Sabbath. It was beautiful. No other day is His presence in it other than the Sabbath. It says the day is holy because God's presence is in the day. And then no other day has that. Mm -hmm. There is no other day of the week that has that that presence of God like the Sabbath. Mm so when we do this there is actual light there is actually holiness and there's actual love and there's actual illumination that happens I believe this is a fulfillment of all of this what does it mean when the earth okay we've discussed this It's God's character it's Jesus's character Mm -hmm. seen in us when we're doing this work we are the sheep we are the ones that go in his name And how is the character of Jesus displayed? Such power to the three angels' message. The character Jesus reflected in his church militant. This is the arise and shine of Isaiah 60. Mm -hmm. The militant is going out and doing the works of service for Jesus on the Sabbath and how's the character Jesus reflected by the works of mercy that Jesus assigned them in Isaiah 58 mixing medical missionary work with repairing the breach of the Sabbath because when we see when they, when we we that you know the breach in the wall is the Sabbath the Ten Commandments was a symbol the wall around Jerusalem is a symbol of the Ten Commandments and the breach in the wall is the Sabbath and we bring we bring it around to protect people the Sabbath is. if we don't know how to keep the Sabbath correctly we can't repair the breach We can't. And so this medical missionary work is part of repairing the breach in our communities and then they understand, oh, now I get you Adventists. Now I know why the Sabbath is so beautiful and so important. This is not, the way we're doing it, it's just like, you're just doing church on Saturday, we do church on Sunday. We do this, it's like, enter into the beauty of the Sabbath with us. Do this in the community with us. Invite them in the afternoon if you're doing a service, and they may, and it will just happen. It will just happen. Invite your friends to go with you, in in your sa- your Saturday afternoons because they're available too on Saturday. Yeah. When a person has expressed love for another person's needs so much love that they are sacrificing their own needs and desires, when that person proclaims the three angels' messages, the soul being ministered to is going to listen because their heart has been opened to hear the message. It has been softened and prepared for the impact of the message by the love of Christ, demonstrated in the works of Christ's messengers. It can't, this is the last day, Nehemiah's. We are the last day, Nehemiah's. When I was praying over this, pleading with God to help me understand better what what this message was in Nehemiah, in Isaiah 58, God told me, That this needs to happen in every church and that there is a Nehemiah in every church. He has one. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Are you a Nehemiah? You know, how quickly did Nehemiah finish the wall? Previously, the wall sat there broken down for 13 years. How long has our work not been done? We talked about for a long time. Okay, so here we're seeing the analogy of the, the, the wall was, it took forever. Nehemiah comes in and how long did it take? 52 days. You guys, if this—do me- you see why I'm passionate about this message? If we can reform the Sabbath, if we can get a vision of this, and we can start being the doing this in the Sabbath in our communities, we can finish the wall. We can go home. I want to go home. I'm tired of this world. Are you guys tired of this world? I'm so tired of this world. I. I- Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. I challenge you to study the Book of Nehemiah in conjunction with Isaiah 58 and 60, and 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 then Revelation 18. There is a picture of restoration, reformation, and power from God to finish the work. I want to tell a story. I wasn't there during this. What when this happened? I heard the story later the kids at the Weimar College went door-to-door all around Weimar in California doing surveys and asking them what their biggest need was and as they went door-to-door they found out overwhelmingly that people needed dental care so they had, were you there then? No, I wasn't either this happened after we left. They, they got even dentists in their community to come up to Weimar on Sabbath and they had a dental clinic on Sabbath at Weimar College and people from all the community were invited to come and get free dental work. And you know one person as they were leaving said to Pastor Don McIntosh, he said, You got you Adventists are finally getting it. Oh, it You're you Adventists are finally getting it. Oh, You're finally figuring out how to keep the Sabbath. Oh wow. That's what someone who was in the community said out of the mouth (laughs) the rocks are crying out 18 I didn't have that in there but 18 is when the fourth angel comes down with great power and the whole entire earth is illuminated with the glory of Christ this is to me connected all together Mm -hmm. they're all connected this is so important you guys Mm -hmm. it is just so important that we understand how Jesus did evangelism and we are to, to do it the way he told us to. So let's summarize what we've learned today. To loose the bands of wickedness, to undo heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free and break every yoke, is to do these things on Sabbath, to have these seminars, to have these outreach things for your community, finding out what the need is and and fulfilling that need. This is desiring their good. What we we don't understand about the Sabbath, you guys, and this is something God has shown me, and it's a conviction of my heart, and I don't want to imply that you have to believe the way I believe about it, but God is saying, don't do your work. He didn't say don't do any work. Don't do your work. Don't do what you need. Don't don't better yourself. Work for others on the Sabbath. That's what Jesus did. He worked for others on the Sabbath. He didn't go take a nap. He was serving all Sabbath day. So work, there's a difference. He taught, He commands us to work six days of the week. That's to better our own. Selves, our homes, our families, our employment, our food, what we need. He gives, commands us to work six days, but he tells us to stop on the 7th. We are to come worship him, and, and, but we have the afternoon hours to serve the community. And I just really believe when we, we get this vision and get this understanding about what the Sabbath is for, we will revolutionize our communities. We will revolutionize the church and we'll be healed and the people we reach to will be healed and the Sabbath, the breach in the wall will be, will be completed. Yeah. And remember how fast he did it. If we could get this message out there, people could really just take this message and pray about it, see how the Lord leads you. I'm not saying take my word for it believe everything I'm saying but I believe the scriptures are packing me up on this and I really believe this to be the way that Jesus worked and I really believe this is what he's calling his people to do Sabbath reform because all of Isaiah 58 is he's talking about I'm I'm really tired of the way you worship me this is not worship this is not what I've called you to do and then he, he just outlines what he's calling us to do And Sabbath is a tithe of our time. Mm -hmm. It is a fast of our weekly work. We stop. It is a fast. He says, this is the fast I'm calling you to, to release those who are in bondage, to feed the, the poor, to take care of the sick. This is what God is calling. This is desiring their good. To give bread to the hungry. Get your food banks open on Sabbath. Many people thought, we shouldn't do that. We're just feeding people. Yeah. We're just come get food. <laughs> wow, this, that's so true. It's showing sympathy and ministering to their need. But see, you know, I couldn't get the agonist to come up, to show up on Sabbath afternoon, not because they thought it was work, but because they had other plans with their friends. Mm-hmm. That's that our youth would do it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Get them, get, if we inspire our youth, because we, we're told the youth will finish the work. So when we inspire our youth, they have the energy, they have the desire to do good in the world. One thing I can say about our youth today in this culture, they are real. And they see hypocrisy. And they know what really matters in this life. And they are worried about our environment. They're worried about what we've, what, how we have destroyed this planet. They're worried about the sick and the poor and those who are less advantaged than them. They are. They are concerned. And we can use the youth to help us do this work. We could be those leaders. And then we have prayer warriors. And then we have the youth Amen. building the wall. So they're young, they're strong, they're healthy, they have energy, let's, let's inspire them. There's so much we can do with the youth on Sabbath, they're bored to death. They don't want to go home and take a nap. I remember when Steve and I would do that and my daughter would be just like, Mom, I don't want to sleep today. Mom, oh, this is so boring. Oh, can't do anything today because you guys want to sleep. I mean, I remember that because she didn't have a need to sleep. She wanted to be out there. I wish I'd done more like this with her, I didn't know then. We did do service projects, but not enough. We certainly didn't do them on Sabbath. So, for behold, I create a new heavens and a new earth, and the former shall not be remembered or come to mind. But be glad and rejoice forever in what I create. For behold, I create Jerusalem as a rejoicing, and her people a joy. I will rejoice in Jerusalem and joy my people. The voice of weeping shall no longer be heard in her, nor the voice of crying in the new Jerusalem. We will bring people here, and we are going to celebrate. They shall build houses and inhabit them, they shall plant vineyards and eat their fruit. There's no one that's not going to be homeless. There's no one that's going to be hungry in the New Jerusalem. So we're preparing them to go here. This is where we're preparing them to go. They shall not build in another habit. They shall not plant another eat. For as the days of a tree, so shall the days of my people. And my elect shall long enjoy the work of their hands, and they shall not labor in vain, nor bring forth children for trouble. (laughs) There's so much trouble in the world today. For they shall be the descendants of the blessed of the Lord and their offspring with them. And it shall come to pass that before they call, I will answer. And while they are still speaking, does this remind you of what he says? Then I will hear you. Remember what Jesus is saying? When we do the work in Isaiah 58, I will then hear you. He says, Before they call, I will answer. And while they are still speaking, I will hear. The wolf and the lamb shall feed together. The lion shall eat straw like the ox. And dust shall be the serpent's food. They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain. This is the finished work, you guys. Who wants to get the work done? So we can go. I want to go there. I want to go to this new Jerusalem. I want to be in this place where only righteousness dwells. I want to be there where we can be with Jesus. My heart yearns for this place. I hate this world. More and more every day, I hear more and more heart. I can't even watch the news. It is just horrible. Guys, let's get serious. Let's Let's follow the plan that God has given us to repair the breach. Let's all be Nehemiahs. So what is Zozo? Sozo, the King James Version defines it to save to make whole, to heal, be whole. So number one, to save, keep and safe and sound, to rescue from danger or destruction, to save a suffering one, one suffering from disease, make, make well, heal, restore to health, to preserve one who is in danger of destruction, to save or rescue. The same word is used when Jesus healed as when he saves them for salvation. The same exact Greek word is used for both. Sozo, Is the healing of the body and the saving of the soul. The healing of the soul to be saved forever. Acts 4, 9 to 12 says, If we this day are judged for a good deed done to a helpless man, by what means he has been made well? That's sozo. That's physical healing. Let it be known to you all and to the people of Israel that by that name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man stands here before you whole. See, he made well; he was whole. This is the stone which was rejected by your builders, which has become the chief cornerstone. Nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven which, given among men, may by men which we must be sozoed, be saved.
0: Is sozo, Aramaic? Greek. Thank you.
1: So this is sozo. This is sozo. God uses the same word for salvation. Being physically healed, emotionally healed, uh, spiritually healed, all of it is the same word. Sozo is physical healing, spiritual healing, mental healing, uh, emotional healing, socially healed. There's just so, this encompasses all of that, and this is what it means to be saved. We didn't get saved one day with Jesus Christ. We didn't get saved one day when we came to him. Saving is being healed. We are being healed every day. This is a process that Jesus is doing in us. And he's saving us. He's healing us. And as we heal and help others, he's healing us. And we're being saved. We're being the sheep that will be put on the right hand of God. But if we don't do this, guys, we're goats. We're goats. I don't want to be a goat. Are you a Nehemiah? Has God called you to go back to your church and organize the end-time work? Are you a Nehemiah? I'm a Nehemiah. I am a Nehemiah. By God's grace, I am a Nehemiah. I want to finish the work, I want to get out of here, I want to help others, I want to love on others, I want to help them be healed by their their relationship with Jesus Christ, I want my daughter saved, I want my family saved, I want to go.
0: As we wrap up this episode, I want to again point out the power of reflection. Stop for a moment and think about your own situation. Think about how you can adapt what you just heard. What was one big idea that jumped out at you? How can you apply that in your own church? What are you inspired to do? When this episode finishes in another minute or so, I encourage you to pause for five or ten minutes and just let your mind wander. That reflection time can make a big difference in your ability to apply what you just learned. Okay, that's it for this episode. Special thanks to Cindy Kaiser for speaking at this year's Propel Conference. This has been the Propel Podcast, inspiration and training to grow your church. The Propel Podcast is sponsored by the North Pacific Union Conference of Seventh-day Adventists and is produced by the crew at Sermon View Evangelism Marketing. I'm Larry Witzel, wishing you God's richest blessing in your evangelistic journey. Please join us again next time for another episode of The Propel Podcast.